Podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, daylight burners. We're back, and uh, I know you guys have all been wondering uh, the outcome of the Southeast Colorado water wars. And uh, <clears throat> well, we'll uh, we're, we're about to find out. My my dad, Wes McKinley, is here to give us an update on the, the one man fight that has uh, captivated a nation. Howdy, Matt. How, how's uh, how's it going down there? Very well, very well. It's uh, nice and dry, windy and cold. But you know, this is a perfect time for it to be nice and dry, windy and cold. Yeah. The days are too short to do a whole lot, and uh, it's going to be windy and miserable. It needs to be this time of the year. So I'm quite thankful for the the uh, correct weather we're having <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it uh it's fitting for the time of year um it gets it gives you a lot of time to spend in indoors uh figuring out how to piss off these lawyers <laughs> oh i seem to be doing that pretty well i do we're having a lot of fun with the water wars give you a little update they uh some people had uh objected to a permit actually it was your uh, relative, and Blake Gorley had, had applied for a wells. It was totally sham deal. They objected, and through that, then we went ahead and they filed a petition to close the basin. Now Colorado has closed all of its basins. There are eight designated basins in Colorado. The Southern High Plains, which is the one that, that we live in, is not closed but the rest of them are close to high-capacity drilling. And that's kind of a sham, too, because that's closed unless or until you can get an approved water replacement plan. Mm. And I'm not sure what a water replacement plan is, an approved one. The only water replacement plan I can think of is to get down on your knees and pray for rain. Yeah. Because there, there is no water. I mean, we're drying the aquifers up. Overappropriation is defined in law as more water going out of the aquifer than is coming in. And they've been saying that for years, there's more water going out than there is coming in. So the aquifer is overappropriated. We filed, they did, actually, I was going to help them, uh, filed to close the basin. Now, anyone, and it don't make no difference who you are, you don't have to live anywhere, at a particular place, anyone can petition to close the basin. That's when it gets complicated. You've got to have uh, all kinds of hydrological studies, information. And we have most of that, but the initial step is close the basin. We did that, and it was uh, your relatives. You've got some really nasty relatives down here, Matt. <laughs> your relatives got himself appointed to the uh, Groundwater Commission. And at this commission meeting, this was in uh, August, November, excuse me, it was in November, he made a motion to uh, reject the petition, not even consider it. And there's no uh, precedent for that. They have to consider it by law. Mm -hmm. But he made a motion. Well, I immediately said a recorded vote. And I was getting some support from the Groundwater Commission, they're starting to kind of look up and realize that, uh, you know, they could be second high tip on this thing before it's over, because mm -hmm. there's some pretty strict laws, and they've ignored them. And he made that motion, I said recorded vote, we were getting some support, and the chairman did not want to have a recorded vote. You could tell he didn't. So they had some discussion, and then he said it's unanimous. 
And I don't know what was unanimous because it wasn't a vote, but he said it's unanimous. We will have a uh, what is oh a stakeholder meeting in Southern High Plains, Springfield. So that he said stakeholder, but when the notice come out, it said public meeting. Public meeting and stakeholder are about the same thing. The uh, definition of stakeholder meeting is all people who have an interest in the outcome. Well, everybody's got an interest in the outcome of the water. But it uh, did come out even better, said all public meeting. So the 17th of uh, January, a uh, little over a week from now, we're having a public Colorado to discuss the closing of the basin. Senator Pete Lee's coming, and he asked me, he said, just what do you expect to uh, get out of this? And I said, Pete, we're not going to get anything, but it's going to be very entertaining. It'll be a cage match. Last time they had a public meeting, uh, Tim Hume, Blake Gorley, those guys, they made an idiot out of themselves. And they have formed the Groundwater Management District. That's a subgroup of the basin, and they've got quite a bit of authority. But in order to uh, do that, you have quite a bit of legal procedure to go through. You have to do a Petition, so much percent, vote on it, the whole thing, file it with the commission, a lot of stuff, and they haven't done any of that. They just said, well, we're making rules, and they have. They've made laws, they think. Actually, they made rules. So it's pretty interesting. Wish you could come down. If there's anybody down in this area or anybody wants to attend, please do so. And if it's on the Zoom, I'll get you the information. I doubt if it will be, but I'll, I'll see if it is. Well, if it's on if it's on Zoom, I will uh, I will live stream that. Um, it's possible. If it is, I can I can put that up on the internet for anybody to watch. So, and uh, I, I think that'd be appropriate. It's a public meeting, right? You what? It's a it'd be a public meeting, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a public meeting, and it's actually in a government building. That's uh, so at the fairground. So, yeah, it's totally public. Everything that this, they do that is a public meeting. Oh, good. Well, if, uh, if it's on Zoom, I will, uh, I will live stream it. Because uh, <coughs> it'll, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Now, this notice out of sending the agenda. But uh, initially, they were going to give the petition group. Uh, time to speak, and the groundwater management district will be have our time slot. Actually, the groundwater management district does not exist because they haven't went through the process. The petition group, and that's kind of strange way to say that, but that absolutely is that with the petition groundwater commission. I didn't think that was going to go very far because they were just going to. Ignore it, and it's kind of like, what do you do when they do? Well, that's a real complicated and expensive process. So we just made a simple little petition. And I think if I would set that to you, I will. It says, we petition the Groundwater Commission to close the Southern Hot Basin to high-capacity wells to save water for two generations. That's it. It doesn't require a uh, address. Proof or any signed by 605 people within about three days. Nice. There was a lot of people interested in it. Of course, all the boys at the clubhouse signed it and went to different places, Walmart. Only three people gathered the signature, actually. I think Dinah and Tilden were the only ones that was actually gathering the signatures. And about three days, they had over 600 signatures that were handed in. Hmm. That was a pretty strong voice. It really didn't mean anything. It was not a really legal precedent for that. But when you do something like that, that's a voice, and a voice will be heard. Mm-hmm. And I think our whole country is starting to realize we have lost government for and by the people. We have become a government by government agencies, a mm-hmm. government of bureaucrats. And... I even had a uh, number one assistant to the attorney, Paul Bennington. 
he told me and Representative Tacon in a meeting, it was just a meeting that I had uh, requested, and they had their attorney, Sweet Smelling Paul, the attorney general was there. And I told him the law. I said, now consider Colorado Revised Statute 3790-107, paragraph 4. It says, anyone objects, they shall schedule a hearing, and at the hearing, then they have to prove this. And he said, we know what that statute says. You're right, that's what the law, but we don't have to do it. Because when you consider the other laws and procedures, policies and rules, that law has no meaning, and we're not coming to Springfield, and we're not going to hold a hearing, and you can't make it. And okay, we'll see about that. So far, he's right, but they are holding this meeting, and that is not a real hearing like I want on the legal aspect of them granting the appropriation. I was doing oral arguments one time, and another sweet smelling little attorney general, he uh, said he was up there, and he was going to grill me on this pretty tough. He said, Mr. McKinley, you said that Paul Finnegan said, and he went through that, and when I got through, and Finnegan was in the audience. And, you know, whenever somebody calls you on that, you're supposed to back up and apologize and hip and waver and pee down your leg and <laughs> like a little puppy. And I said, that's exactly what I said. And if there's any doubt as to what I said, right there he sat. And I pointed to him, and he's bald-headed. Mm. And I said, right there he sat. You asked him what he said in that meeting. It was in uh, February, and I give the date, 2020, Representative Titan and I. I said, ask him about it. What did he say, Paul? And his top of his bald head turned beet red. You could have fried an egg on it. <laughs> and he never said a word. <laughs> and then this little sweet-smelling boy that asked me the question that was setting up on the desk up front, he looked around and realized that he had made a fool out of himself. He got up and left, walked through the whole crowd to leave. I thought about tripping him with my cane when he went by, but uh, maybe he'll suffer. Somehow. <laughs> uh, so it's just, uh, I think we're, we're also learning through this process that, uh, that state and local politics is just as, uh, corrupt and shady as the, the federal level politics. Oh, that's sad. And that, have it, you heard of the, uh, Supreme court, the lawsuit, uh, which one? The Brunson brothers. Mm, is what? No, I one of them. I'll send you the links to that. This is fascinating. One of those guys is a lawyer. I think there's four brothers. So I think they're very wealthy, and they filed a lawsuit, and it goes back to the uh, election, and they're not filing. They're not saying anything about the election fraud. But there's a, some constitutional thing that anything brought to the attention of a congressman, then it has to be investigated. And they say that this election fraud was brought before the Congress, and they've named, I think, 300 and some odd congressmen that said no, they would not even consider it. They wouldn't look at it. Well, that by Constitution, they are required to look at it. And the few that did looked at it and said, we, we ignored it or we read it or whatever. But the others didn't even do that. They are filing, they filed Supreme Court action. That was uh, filed on uh, the 6th. 6th okay. of January, the Supreme Court said they would look at it. And so it officially got filed and I think it's going to be some. I'll send you the link whenever we get through this. That Snyder keeps me informed of this. And it doesn't have anything to do with the election now. But if they can get this, and Ed thinks there's pretty good evidence that they're actually going to get something done, then there will be 300 and some congressmen out of a job. Oh, that'd be, a, to re that'd be oh, great. Man, wouldn't that be something? Yes, I'm so excited to see about that. I think it'll be tomorrow. We'll hear more about it. 
Huh. But to throw 300 and some odd of those bastards out of office on the street with no chance of getting back. Of course, you know, slime balls, they'll slither around and come up as if a part of the cesspool. But never ever ready for them. Yeah. Uh, well, that'd be... I, I was a little disappointed in this uh, Speaker of the House uh, vote. I was I was hoping it was going to drag on for about six more months or two years or however long, because the longer they took to elect a speaker, the less money they could spend. Uh, I know. Yeah, the, the safer we were, the longer they're out of Congress or not in office, like we can breathe a little easier. Yeah, I was going to hope that go on from now on, but I didn't figure it would. No, I I, they had, uh, it went about how, how I thought it would, but it seems like maybe they got some concessions, whether that'll do anything. I, I don't have much faith in that, but it was, uh, there, there was a good four days where they couldn't send even more money to Ukraine. So that was nice. Yeah, I said it. It shows that there's not that much unity. You know, they haven't, they're not in lockstep with each other. No. And I was kind of proud of our representative Bobert for hanging tough as long as she did. Yeah. You know, I've not been a huge fan of hers. I think she's about as dumb as they get. But she was she was good on that one. Yeah, I I haven't either, and but I really like Corb. You know, he ran, tried to get on that ticket. He was a really good, smart mm-hmm. guy. But maybe we need some crazies in there. You know, we need some Kamasaki pilots <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> maybe so. And she did look good doing it. I mean, we can't. <laughs> you, you, if anything else, she looked really good while she was uh, she was being crazy. Well, that don't hurt. No, it don't. Uh, so, but no, I was proud of her on that one. I, uh, I, I you got to give credit where it's due, and she, she held the line pretty strong on that one, and I think that was good. It was good for her. Yeah, and then her and the other lady, uh, Green, they get in a big argument, big fight about it. But that was okay. I, 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 I have like a feeling you, would, if, if they. Uh, Made those two Jello wrestle. Would you pay to watch that? The what? Say that again, Matt. If if they uh, set up a deal where Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Green uh, Jello wrestled, would you pay to watch that? No, I don't have TV. I don't see any of that. I just <laughs> read the excerpts from it. But it looked like it was a good show. <laughs> I think I might throw a little bit of money to watch that, but I, it it won't happen. <laughs> Yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, um, so so what's the when, when is this uh, this meeting that that's supposed to take place? Seventeenth. Seventeenth of At January. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. A week from this coming Tuesday, I'm going to Denver tomorrow. And uh, remember back in the old Rocky Flats days, mm-hmm. there's a guy guy that's been filming stuff, and he's claims to be putting together a uh, documentary of the Rocky Flats stuff. Oh, no kidding. So I'm going, yeah, I'm going to Denver and uh, tomorrow and meet with him. Uh, and John Lipsky, the FBI agent that did the investigation of it. Yeah. He was down there. He had a real cute little girl down there. I just got to fall in love with her, but she didn't stay long. She left. And he was going to bring her to kind of help us with the movie. It was a filming of it. I'm sorry, it's not the movie of filming. Mm-hmm. And she can't come, but I said, well, I'll come up anyway. I was really going to see her, but I'll I'll go up anyway. And that could come up to be kind of interesting, see what happens to that. Yeah, that's uh, that would be really interesting. Um, I was going to say, also, I think you uh, causing a stir there in, in southeast Colorado. It's kind of waking up, woken some people up. Uh, not just in the state, but also I, I saw that Kansas was uh, at least made steps to shut down the basin as well. Um, and I was talking to Ross, and you know he was saying that they're they're having to drill deeper and deeper uh, to get water over there as well. And, and you know, and, and even when they do hit water, it's uh, you know it's not near the flow of what they're, they're kind of used to. And so they're, they're sucking themselves dry over there. And it sounds like maybe that's going to come to an end. 
I figure, well, uh, people are getting uh, well of it, and those uh, water buffaloes have got everybody convinced that you can't do anything without their blessing. Mm-hmm. And with the, with the work that we've been doing, we've proven that that's not true. And boy, they're just they're still screaming. You have got to get a lawyer, and we can't afford it. If we could, we'd go to Las Vegas and spend it all shooting craps and taking pictures with half-naked girls <laughs> instead of buying a lawyer. It would do more good. Because a lawyer is just going to tell you, well, you, you can't do this. This is what you got to do. And, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if I ever told you about that, Matt. You, maybe you don't know about this. I uh, actually wanted to be a lawyer at one time. Oh, yeah? And I did. I kind of was interested in law as that bad. I kind of wanted to be a lawyer and talking to my dad about it. You know, my dad said, fine, gentlemen, your granddad. Mm-hmm. He was, and he told me that uh, he was kind of, a, and he was a very honorable man, and he said that really wouldn't set too well, he didn't think, with the family if I would go uh, to law school. And I thought maybe that would be kind of an honorable thing. And he said, no, it really wouldn't. And he said, I'm not going to pay for any of your schooling if you're going to go to law school, but he said, if you'll go to college or go to school, get some education, I'll pay for music lessons, and then maybe you can get a job playing guitar, piano on the whorehouse, something that we won't be ashamed to tell everybody what you do at the family reunion. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, you know, I, I, su- I suppose there are some good lawyers out there. I just don't know if I've met any of them. Yeah. So that's uh, that's why we have the music videos and why we've kind of been a musical family. Are you still playing the guitar? I haven't I haven't picked up my guitar in a while, but we're uh, we're we're uh, I've got I've got my focus on other things. I, I think they're just as artistic. So we we I think I think we're all set. Sophia is uh, she she's picking up music pretty good, um, and we're, we're we're still musical. We I just I don't I don't play the guitar like I should, but. Well, start on that. Rebecca's quite a vocalist, and Sophia. Sophia's even a songwriter. Oh yeah, she's uh, she's very very musically inclined, and so we'll we'll always have that that going. That's I don't I'm not worried about that. We we like music, um, and <clears throat> yeah. So but we're <clears throat> we're getting ready for our for our Elko show. This will be the third third year in a row, and a uh, little different little different lineup than. Uh, than the last couple of years, but it'll, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be fun still doing two shows. Uh, and, and the whole oh. cowboy poetry deal is back in full swing this year. So. Oh, it is. Yeah. The, the big show is going to be there. Huh? What is that? Uh, it's the end of January, the first weekend of, uh, February. So I think, I think we're playing the third and the fourth of February is, is when our shows that's Friday, Saturday. Uh-huh. And you're going to be there. I'm, I, are you, what video are you going to be at? Will you be at the same place? Yeah, we're at the same place. The, the I'd stage like to go, but I'm pretty well snowed on. I've started playing the music just one time with a little gal of the fiddler. You oh. give her a uh, coach, Robin Coots. Hmm. She was a New Mexico champion fiddler. Her husband was a school teacher. They wound up in Elkhart. And he was a Boag teacher. Okay. And he died here a while back. And she's a, and I hadn't played a whole lot. Yeah, I've always wanted to. But if you don't have something to work for, it's kind of hard to really get enthused about it. Mm-hmm. So I happened to call her. I knew she uh, had a little group that she played music with. And I happened to call her one day. And she said, yeah, come over. We'll play. I wasn't sure I could. I wasn't sure I'd be compatible with her or her style. But we got along very well. Good. And the music even wasn't too bad either. So I'm kind of confused about that, playing music with that. Yeah. And we get, if we get together, she's, in any case, she really likes to play for audiences. Of course, when you're a champion filler of New Mexico, you probably would rather play a good performance than just sit and play by yourself. So uh, we might start doing a little something. I'll get with you and we can maybe schedule something. We oh. might go out there and schedule something. Well, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. I think uh, 
It'd be good. People didn't have any live music for you know, damn near two years, so it's uh, we uh, it, it's uh, you, you don't you don't realize how how much you miss stuff like that till it's not there anymore. Uh, I know. I know. I'm glad. I'm sure glad you're getting back and doing that. Yeah, I I think uh, I I you know we we were the that that year that you came out, we were the only live entertainment in uh you know for for cowboy poetry that year you know the they they just did an online thing for the you know for the main gathering but we were the only actual live show that that played and uh and then there was only i think two or three shows last year and we were we were one of them and so now now that the whole thing's coming back in in town uh, we should have a pretty good crowd good yeah, yeah that'd be interesting to see how many people show up after it's been gone for a couple of years. I know it, it was a it was a big deal. I think they said um, about thirty thousand people would come in for that deal. Um, you know when it was still going strong, and and this would be like the first the it'd be the first full year back. So it'd be interesting. I, I think it's going to be a pretty big crowd. Well, good, good. Careful. Yeah, we will. We will. But um, anything else we need to know about the Water Wars before we let you go? Well, that's about it, but I can give you a full report after the 17th. I'll, uh, we'll see, see how that comes out. And I'll see if they uh, will honor the fact that these guys are not legal. You know, they're just uh, a rogue out there down there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, we have a new bar here in Springfield, mm-hmm. the Lost Dog Bar. I was thinking maybe I ought to form the Lost Bar, the Lost Dog Bar Association uh, group, <laughs> management group or something for and amateur lawyers. Make, yeah, but I'm making a rule that if you've been drinking in the Lost Dog Bar and your blood alcohol is uh, you know like point twenty eight or something. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You can't, we'll just make a local rule that you can't get a ticket if you're drinking local <laughs> beer. There you go. <laughs> uh, it, it ought to work. It makes the same. Yeah, it makes the same sense as what they're doing because it's all very clear in law for what they do, and they just ignore it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I, I think that's kind of the the story of of government here in, in the U S just in general state, local, federal, however, however you look at it, just, they, they kind of just turn a blind eye to the, the law when it suits them. I know. And people are starting to realize I think this. I told Pete Lee, Senator Pete Lee, when I said, Pete, there's really no need of spending $50 million a year to open that capital. Because that's what we spend with the janitors and the heat and all the stuff it takes, about $50 million a year. Mm-hmm. What we ought to do is close it down. 30 days later, reopen, and all of the offices and committee rooms, all of that, they would be converted over to things like sex shops, sex toy shops, you know, dirty magazines, coffee shops, little boutique coffee, stuff like that. Look at the employment. Would put a lot of people to work. Oh yeah. We would cut out fifty million right off the top. Then look at how much we could make by renting them little spots out for people to sell their little wares. And it had a natural draw. Souvenir shops. Can you imagine how many people would buy little souvenir stuff and the capital they could buy? It's a well of a money generating idea. And Pete Lee, he said it's unfortunate, but you're right. Mm-hmm. So the idea has a lot of merit. That it would generate revenue. I said we could turn the revenue to the school. With this governor we got, we don't even need a legislature. He just makes his own rules, laws, whatever. Because <laughs> of the mandate. Oh, yeah. Uh, government directive. And so we don't really need to send these people to Denver and pay them. And they're not, the salaries aren't bad now. They're lots better than they were out of there. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, they they uh they do seem to find money to pay themselves. Uh, they they got no money to for the roads or whatever else, but they'll find money to give themselves a raise. 
Say what? Now say that again slow. I missed for that. I said they they'll uh they won't have money to fix the roads or or you know any of the other stuff we might need, but they'll find money to give themselves a raise. Oh yeah. Uh, can you believe that? Oh, it's terrible. Uh, I, I ran a bill well, one time when I was there. This is 2012. I ran a bill that said all government salaries, without exception, all go- Colorado government salaries would be cut the same rate as unemployment. That was the years we were getting up close to 9% unemployment. Mm-hmm. And we were doing furlough days for state workers. So if you got a guy working out here on the highway, he's filling potholes, 30000 a year or something. If every state salary over 75000 would be cut by the same rate as unemployment. And that way we wouldn't have to be laying this guy off for a day. We were giving furlough days and not paying him. Mm-hmm. You know, you would not go to work and you wouldn't get paid. I thought those guys probably needed to work because it's the, the boys in the office, the boys and girls in the office that aren't doing anything that we can do without. Mm-hmm. We really need to go out there fixing the leaks and the pipelines and patching holes in the pavement. That's the guy we need to keep working. And I'm satisfied that he can work one day or quite a while without his boss telling him what to do. The bosses don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I ran this bill to said, if you make over 75000 just those over 75000 your salary will be cut the same rate as in employment for that year. And then we will reevaluate probably the first of the year. We would see what unemployment was, and your salary would be based on that. You might only be cut 2 or 3%, or, and it was going to have a clause in there where at a certain point, and then the bill would sunset. Oh, you ought to heard the screaming. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And, and the lawyers, see, we had them, we had sweet smelling little lawyers at the Capitol, and they just actually did the writing of the bill for us. And I looked at mine, I read everything that I had them do, and I corrected it. And this guy, Greg was his name, he did not like this. And I could tell he didn't. So one day we were working on it, I corrected him. I said, you don't seem to be very enthused about this, do you? <laughs> oh, I said, I can't comment. I said, well, what do you think about this? Uh, what's your really feelings on this bill? Well, the representative, he said, you know, I'm nonpartisan. I can't get involved in a political decision. I said, I know, but you're a citizen, and so you ought to have a voice. And uh, how would that affect your salary? What do you make? Well, he said, I really can't say. I said, that's okay. I don't need to know. I know what to do. I looked it up. It's public record. Mm-hmm. He was making like 87000 I said, you make 87000 whatever. So kind of embarrassed him. And I said, it's public knowledge. Well, yeah. And he said, I really don't like this bill because if this bill passes, I'll be making less than my wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you poor son of a gun. How sad. He was going to have to go into the private sector. I didn't tell him he was going to have to, you know, be a part of it. I didn't tell him that uh, he tried that. He would probably starve to death. He probably couldn't make it as a uh, on his own. No, I probably didn't think not. That. And of course, they wouldn't even vote on my bill. Of course near not. the end of the session. And if I'd had time, if there would have been at the beginning, I could have forced it. But it was so so late in the session before I come up with it that I really couldn't force it, and so it didn't pass. And then I was out that year, but I was not well loved on that account. Boy, the state workers hated me. Oh, I, I, tra- so. I was trying to cut, cut, I tried to cut the governor's salary and the representatives and senators. You know, I, I tried to get that as a part of them too, but we made so little. You know, we was only making about uh, thirty thousand, and so we were so far below the threshold. But I tried to cut that. And the office expense, but I didn't get it done. That was another one of my failures. <laughs> well, how? What was the story behind the the PETA hate? Wasn't that something about a stray cat sanctuary down here in Baxter County? Oh, well, there was something that you, you got the PETA activists after you because uh, you said some some remarks about. Hey, a, I, 
After me, yes. It was actually the uh, in the ag committee, or no, it was local government committee, and I was not sure of that. We had a bill that said the owner of a cat would buy a chip or put a, a chip in a cat. That ownership chip, you know, that radio frequency. Mm-hmm. And if your cat was picked up and it did not have a license from the municipality or this ownership chip in it, then the owner would be charged for the uh, vet fee, the catching, uh, a whole bunch of fees. About $250 is what amount of So I asked the question, how do you determine the owner of a cat? It's only like 10% of cats that are picked up, their owner gets them. And dogs is like 70% or something. They said, well, if a cat is picked up on your property, then you're the owner. So I said, so if the stray cat's on your property and the, the cat cop picks them up, you're out $250. Yep, a minimum. It doesn't require anything else. I said, well, down in my part of the country, we just shoot the feral cats. Because <laughs> uh, those people don't have a life. And they listen to that BS on the Internet. And, of course, the newspapers picked it up and Representative McKinley says to shoot cats. And I did. I said, we just shoot the feral cats. Some of the charged me with animal cruelty because I shot cats. <laughs> <laughs> and John Stope, that was our ad commissioner. You know John Stope, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I remember John Stope. Uh, yeah, he lives up north of Lamar. He was the agriculture commissioner, and we always had an ag meeting in the mornings. I think it was Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock, the ag committee, voluntarily, but I was always there. And he called me about 6.30. I was getting ready to go down to Capitol. And he said, are you coming to ag today? And I said, yeah. And I can tell it's kind of serious. He said, well, I need to talk to you when you get here. I said, why don't you just tell me? Hey, look, I know you're, you're enjoying this show that we're, you know, that we're balls deep in here. But I got to pay some bills around here. And this company, Bub's Naturals, they are helping me do so. And they also sell a lot of good stuff. So... You go to bubsnaturals.com. It's named after Glenn Bub Doherty, uh, who was a he was a special operator, CIA guy. Uh, was one of the one of the guys that was killed in, during the Benghazi raid. Uh, his best friend started up this company, kind of in honor of him. They're both uh, <coughs> very active guys, and they wanted just good, clean supplements, and that's what these are. Uh, I take the the collagen in my coffee. Along with MCT oil, it's a powder, kind of very, very slightly sweet, um, like very faint sweet taste to it, but also got a kind of a creamy texture. It's good stuff. They also have coffee now. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, Might have to. And um, looks like maybe they got some uh, some like Gatorade type mix, but. it's all it's all good clean stuff. Uh, apple cider vinegar gummies, which are awesome. Apple cider vinegar is great for you. Uh, collagen supposed to uh, what what do they say on this? Let's let's take a look. Um, it fuels the body while replenishing with replenishing amino acids that turn back the clock on an aging. Um, and it's uh, it's supposed to be good for your skin and your joints and uh, your hair, your nails, all. All the good stuff. Um, it's, yeah, just a scoop in your coffee. It's flavorless. Don't taste it at all. And uh, and it's just uh, it's good for inflammation and all sorts of good stuff. Um, all in all, these guys pay me pretty well when you guys buy stuff. So please do, and I, I highly recommend their products. Uh, I Like I said, I, I take them every day. Got this stuff on order. Um, got this stuff on order, and uh, and the gummies I've got coming every every couple of weeks. Uh, help me kind of stay halfway young. I know my hair doesn't look it, but I'm I'm not that old yet. So uh, and I want to be able to to wrestle around with my kids and beat them for a long time yet. So um, like I want to dominate them so they know that I'm I'm the alpha. And uh, so I'm doing all all I can to <coughs> to kind of help <coughs> stay one step ahead of those little fuckers and 
Bub's Naturals uh, does it for me. <clears throat> helps helps get me there. So, anyways, go to bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code BURNINDAYLIGHT. That's all one word. Uh, you'll get 20% off uh, your order, and I will get a commission on that. So, uh, thanks to Bub's Naturals. Go check out their stuff. I think you'll like it, and uh, I know I do. So, uh, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BURNINDAYLIGHT for 20%. I've always been trying to get a legislator to come down and look at what they were doing. And I wanted to say it. I was very interested, and it wasn't very far from the Capitol. So we went down there, and it was real clean. It's not a little like animal, but it was, it was really clean. And they had rooms, and they had these rooms had cats in them, and the volunteers would go in there and sit down in a recliner and just sit there for an hour or two. Huh. The cats to get them to I thought, what a horrible waste of time. But, and, then, and I asked the guy, I said, how much state money goes into this? I was always pretty interested in how much money the state was handed out. He said, it's all private donations. There is no state funds or nothing goes in. Private donations. And it was. I checked on it. He would tell the truth. And he showed me all our animals. And I was. It was a great tour. Before we were, I wound up agreeing to play guitars at their fundraiser. <laughs> and so I called uh, my buddy Billy, of course, and uh, Billy agreed. So we went and we did the fundraiser at the ballroom of the Brown Palace. Every year they had a Max Fund fundraiser. And uh, we went down there, and of course we were wearing our Western clothes, the very best ones we had, and uh, raw mascars and playing guitars and playing a little different music than what they was used to. Not there's quite a few old rich guys up in Denver with good-looking young women. <laughs> and these old rich guys, that was so funny. They was wearing toupees and stumbling around there. And then their wives got to coming by and smiling at us and grinning at us and kind of dancing a little out there. They'd only make two or three trips by, grinning and smiling, and they wouldn't be allowed to come back anymore. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. That. And we, we played our, you know, the country western stuff that we played. Mm. Yeah. But that was my experience with the Max Fund. <laughs> uh, my, my legislative career, I was charged with the animal cruelty, uh, sex abuse, or harassment, or something. You know, the lobbyist charged me. That uh, was because I was trying to stop the money they were selling the nursing home, and the money was supposed to go to the uh, junior college. Uh-huh. That was in the deed. But the uh, military lobbyist, and he was a snaky son of a gun, he uh, didn't like that. I was, I was making a little progress on him. And he had a girlfriend that uh, was a lobbyist, so she filed sexual harassment charges against me. And this kind of amazing story, the charge was actually written by Ken Peck's daughter, who's a lawyer, and Ken Peck was a lawyer on the grand jury that hated me. Oh. So it was kind of a long, a long story about nothing ever come out of it. Yeah, I remember. Anyway. I remember that whole deal. It was kind of strange. Yeah, well, that's if you if you really make somebody mad, that's not going to happen to you <laughs> in politics. That, that that seems to be something, and you you know, whenever whenever I did that, and of course I got reports. Did you ever meet Kelly, the little girl that worked for me? That was so much fun. Ah, uh, maybe. I think so. She, uh, she was a college girl. Mm-hmm. I doubt if you did. She was only there a couple of years for me. Well, her and I was good buddies, and Jan knew her and knew her parents, and she was just real sharp and a lot of fun. And she would come in whenever she was happened to be in town, and session was going on, while she would come in, and I'd invite her on the floor, and she'd sit there on the floor. Of course, she did that a lot when she was working for me. Mm-hmm. So we'd sit on the floor and discuss the bills and visits and stuff. Well, the sexual harassment thing had just come up. And this girl was quick-minded. Boy, she was fast. And uh, Jessica was a Denver Post reporter. We liked Jessica. She was just as straight and solid as she could be. And she, I did quite a bit of story stuff with her. And I was sitting there at the side with Kelly, and Jessica come up, and she said, Wes, tell me about your sexual harassment suit. Well, I 
you're supposed to say, oh, there's nothing to it. I didn't never do it and that. And so then they started investigating. And I happened to think that Kelly was right there with me. And I said, well, why don't you start by asking Kelly what she thinks about it? Because she was in that office for two years when uh, all of this, this lady was uh, involved with the uh, army stuff. And boy, she got her pen out. She said, Kelly, what can you tell me about it? Kelly was curious she could be. She reached over and patted my leg. And I thought, oh, no, what's she going to do now? Because you didn't know what she was going to do. She patted me on her leg and said, I'm a mad. And the charge was that I had uh, kissed this lobbyist. I had kissed her. Mm-hmm. And uh, French kissed her. Kelly said, I'm a mad. And then Jessica's all perked up. Why are you mad? She said, I was right there in that office for two years, and he never once offered to kiss me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if I was going to kiss him, I just thought this lobbyist was ugly. <laughs> yeah, Kelly just grinned and laid her head on his and said, never offered to kiss me. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, I got quite a bit of trouble with that stuff. But now the animal control thing, I did that for a reason. And I knew that they weren't going to charge me with uh, animal cruelty. So what if they did? Mm-hmm. They'd have to prove it. So always, you know, all the reasons. And I did make sure I didn't have any old horses. That Like uh, that old mare we kept around too long. I made sure she was gone. I didn't want to find her. But let's say an old cowboy's up drinking coffee, and he makes that kind of remark at the coffee shop. Around then cats coming in there, killing my domestic cats, pissing all over my saddle. He made that remark and said, I'm going to shoot the next one that comes around. And uh, some nice little lady came and heard that, filed charges on him. He'd be looking, ten or $15,000. Mm-hmm. Probably would get off of it. But he's working at the food lot. He don't want to mess with talking to lawyers, going to court, going before the judge, proving evidence. And by the time he gets through with that, he's going to be looking ten or fifteen thousand dollars time off from work. The harassment's going to be worse. And I did it just to see what would happen and to see how this was going to turn out. And I knew they couldn't charge the criminal contempt. And I never got this far with it, but actually, you have immunity, and you can say stuff like that in a political setting whenever this in session mm-hmm. and the committee was definitely in session. So I really couldn't be held accountable for what I said, but it, it did prove a point. And, uh, I did it so that I could kind of protect these other cowboys. It might be a little free speeching thing. Yeah. And I don't know what we're going to be looking at in Colorado, but I've heard that there's going to be an animal rights law not an animal welfare or something. And one year, several years ago, there was a group that ran, that came to me about running a bill that said the right to kin. Not the not the, oh, next to kin, I'm sorry. Next to kin. The next of kin, you know, that's your child, mm-hmm. something like that. But the next to kin. And... Mm-hmm. I uh, looked at that, and I didn't like it at all. It was actually our horse people here that owned the Blue Rose Horse Rescue. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do that. And what it would have done, one of the things that would have, would have given a client his own lawyer in a case, because there's a lot of divorce cases where the animal is part of the custody. You know, that's involved in the custody case. And divorces, someone. Mm-hmm. I looked at that, and I said, I see one good thing about this. And I said, what's that? I said, at least there will be one person in a divorce case that has a lawyer worthy of him. <laughs> and so if you're proud of your goldfish, got it. And of course, that didn't go anywhere. Then, last year, they ran an initiative. Our governor, was he was kind of involved in this. And some of his sweet little boys up in Boulder, they ran an amendment the cost, uh, I forget exactly the term, but what it would have done, you could not have slaughtered an animal under five years of age, a cow. A yeah, bovine. yeah. Um, I, I remember that. that. 
Yeah, and it got shot down by the courts, but it only got shot down because it covered multiple topics. That was it. Yeah. It had to, had, that, again, our Secretary of State could have uh, done that immediately mm-hmm. because it did it cover too many topics. So the Secretary of State had to do that. She wouldn't do it. And it had to go plumb through the process, and they had to put up a bunch of numbers mm-hmm. to file that, and they shouldn't even have ever got that far. And you couldn't milk a cow, milking a goat, or a cow milk. You couldn't even go out when you... When a cow has a calf and a bag's a little caked up, chest a little weak, by that law, you could not have went out there and milked that cow. Mm-hmm. The reason, and of course you couldn't preg test them because that's an invasion of uh, body parts, and the reason you couldn't milk an uh, animal, goat, cow, mare, we would have milked the old mares out to get a little bit of that first milk for the calf mm-hmm. or the colt. The reason you couldn't is that that was a sex act. Now, man, I've been milking cows pre-puberty, puberty, maturity, and post-maturity. Not once did I ever feel a sexual tinge from milking a cow or a goat. <laughs> no, that that action just is not very fun at, at all. Like it just kind of sucks. No, I remember when you guys were down here when I had you boys. And you were all here at one time. Mm-hmm. We had this old cow we called Miss Miss Cow. And that was your job to go milk her. It took a, one of you to hold up against the fence or something, I think. I forget the system you had. You could probably tell us. But one of you milked, one of you held the bucket so you could grab the bucket real quick. And the other one did something to keep her from kicking you. Because that cow would take aim and nail you. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, you'd have all that milk just just wasted and uh yeah i I hated it (laughs) i hated every minute of it there's nothing nothing anything sexually uh, pleasing about that it was nothing pleasing in general except maybe kicking her when you were done maybe kick her in the belly and that'd give you a little bit of little sick (laughs) pleasure but that that was about it and then and then about the time you think that it might be going pretty good you know you kind of relax then that tail that was saturated with that green fresh manure yep. would go wrapping around your face. Oh, yeah. And it, it was not much fun, but mm. it produced the milk. But I don't know what we're going to see this year, but there's going to be a law, the legislative law will be coming out. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and you know, I, I was, uh, I was kind of went on a rant the other day about how. Like this, all of this nonsense that we're that we're dealing with now is our own damn fault because we didn't pay attention. Like we we stayed focused on folk uh, on federal politics, and people kind of turn a blind eye to the state and local, and they just say whatever. And then you get a bunch of these asinine laws that get that get voted in because we don't have anybody on our side speaking up when when they have an, a chance to actually shoot it down. I know. I mean, we ought to pay attention. And I hear a lot of people saying, how can they do that? Well, it's very easy. They can do it because nobody stopped them. Yep. Uh, Al Capone sold, sold a lot of whiskey back in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it come from this county. There's quite a few bootleggers here because we're so isolated. They hauled whiskey back there. We used to go by the truck when we were doing the... Uh, Kenton Rides, when we went down to uh, Black Mason State Park on our rides down there, mm-hmm. you might not remember it, that there was an old Model T truck yeah. right out there in the canyons, and they claimed, remember that old Ford? Yeah. And they were still there. There was a, kind of a uh, box canyon, and they were still, still in there at that time. And they made whiskey, and they claimed, Don Prather claimed, that uh, when he was a little guy, they loaded that truck up <clears throat> and sent it to Chicago with whiskey. Al Capone got by with that because nobody stopped him. Mm-hmm. Finally, somebody stopped him. Finally, they had enough of him. And we talk about losing a right. You know, Matt, we have never lost the right. We think we have, but we haven't. Yeah. We simply let them die from lack of exercise. Yeah. We let them wither away. Yep. We know where they went. We don't have that right. It's gone. But we didn't really lose it. We just let it die because we didn't stand up. 
I've, I've been close to five years, and it's been a pretty full-time job. If I was went to uh, law school and spent the time that I spent on this water stuff, I would have a law degree. Of course, now I couldn't play a guitar in a whorehouse. They wouldn't let me in if I did yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, they wouldn't let you do that. That's for sure. Um, yeah. No, I, I do think people are starting to wake up a little bit. It's little. You almost wonder if it's too too little, too late, but. I don't know. Also, I'm I'm also on the the view that better late than never. I guess so. Um, we're we're pretty blessed as a country that we don't we don't really have to deal a whole lot with uh, with uh, the rest of the world if we don't want to. We, we're we're pretty we're pretty isolated. We 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 have the capacity to make our own stuff uh, if we need be. But man, we. Uh, we are pretty ignorant as far as how things run, and the, the only people that are running that that are running the country are the people you don't want in power. Exactly. Yeah, we just we let, and you know we're so comfortable, and at the Capitol, whenever and we had here it's an old building, and whenever the uh, sewer plugged up or something happened like that, the governor slewed the plumber. You think you're important, just wait till the plumbing quits working mm-hmm. and see who gets to be important. Yep. No, it's that's uh a hundred percent right. It's um I don't know. I, I like I said, I think it's better late than never, people kinda of waking up. Um but yeah, there's uh we could have we could have avoided a lot of this mess just by paying a little bit more attention. Yeah, it is. We could, but huh. well, uh, this we covered a lot of topics, but I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. It was uh, very informative. Okay, man. Uh, the seven. Give my name and number out. Anybody wants to call me, get involved in Water Wars, and we're not gonna ask. We're not doing donations or anything like that. We're not spending any money, and that's what's bothering them because we're not spending any money, <laughs> and they can't uh, can't run us out. Yep. Because of that. Well, that's and good. that's one of the main characteristics. That's happened a lot, and especially in water, mm-hmm. because those guys charge so much, and they got so much control, and they're all in it together. They're all in the same time pit together, mm-hmm. and they simply bleed you dry, laugh, and split the money up, and go for the next victim. Mm-hmm. But we haven't fallen into that, so we're doing good. Well, thanks a lot, Matt, and good luck. I'll be in touch with you. After the seventeenth, and be careful on Elko. All right, we will. Uh, well, good luck, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you on the next the uh, next edition of Water Wars. Okay, thanks a lot, Matt. Take care. You bet. We'll see you. Bye.